Dotnet Rocks episode 653 with guest Luca Pisani, recorded live Monday, April 4th, 2011. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklins.net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering video training on Silverlight 4 with Billy Hollis and SharePoint 2010 with Sahil Malik. Order online now at franklins.net. And now here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. Carl and Richard here, back at ya. Hey, man. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, I was reading the, uh, I was on the web this morning and I found a really good joke I want to share with you. A doctor and a lawyer and an engineer are sentenced to death Ooh. in France via guillotine. So it's the doctor, a yeah, a little archaic, but this is what happens in the joke. The doctor's first. So the executioner puts him in there and, uh, you know, hoists the blade and, and lets it drop, but it sticks about halfway down. And it's a, it's a well-known tradition in capital punishment in France that if the guillotine fails for any reason, it's a sign from God and you are spared. You're spared your life. Right. right. So the doctor gets up, walks away. Thank God. Right. The lawyer's next. Executioner puts him down, hoists the blade, lets it drop, sticks in the exact same spot. Lawyer's like, awesome. He gets off. He, he walks away. So the engineer's last. And the executioner straps him down. But as he hoists the blade aloft, the engineer turns his neck up and said, Hey, I see the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Engineers, man. Engineers. Hey, let's get into Better Know Framework. Awesome. Better Know Framework has traditionally been um, shining a light on little dark corners of the .NET framework. However... Uh, lately, I've been into the tips thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about mobile today. So I figured I would give you a link to some tips that, that Tim Hewer has compiled from Twitter. Oh, really? About Windows Phone developer tips and tricks. And you can find this link at tinyurl.com slash WP7tips. And here are a few of them. Panorama looks nice, but Pivot will offer faster start time. Mm. You can also set a background image to a pivot. You won't get the parallax effect, but it, it's another option. And be aware of how many pano and pivot items you do have. Memory expands quick when you have a lot of views and images. Even if you have a 30K compressed JPEG image at runtime, that becomes an uncompressed surface that may take several megabytes of memory. Do you know that? No, I didn't. Interesting. Yeah. So, and the list goes on. It's a huge list of tips that uh, that were compiled from Twitter. So, uh, definitely and worth. Yeah, looking Tim's at. the man. Yeah, Tim is awesome. He's got the best blog name ever. Yeah, method of failed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's tinyurl.com slash wp7tips. That's what I got today. Cool. So, who's talking to us? I got a comment from the website. And we know we've got our snazzy new website, and people yes. are writing comments all the time. Yes, we do. So this is from show 649, Eric Lippard, talking about Project Roslyn. Yep. And Andrew Cooper wrote us a great message. He said, hey, guys, thanks for a great show. I started teaching myself .NET and C Sharp a bit over a year ago and listening to .NET Rock shortly thereafter. And I've learned heaps from you guys, so keep up the good work. Compiler as a service sounds awesome. Yeah. 
I've been building an ASP.NET MVC2 workflow app at work over the last couple of months. The other week, I came across a need to generate a custom view model class on the fly so users could add extra data needed at different points in the workflow. I found a couple of solutions on the web using reflect.emit, but they were really ugly, and I didn't want to go there. Mm. I ended up with a solution where I've hard-coded the additional view model classes and refer to them by name in the database table that configures the workflow. Dude, that's the less ugly solution? Mm. Not a great solution, I know, but, 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 he writes a few buts here. But it does <laughs> what I want at the moment. Compiler as a service sounds like it would make this kind of thing a breeze, and I can't wait. So yep. thanks again for a great show. That and that's awesome. from Andrew Cooper. Andrew, thanks so much for your message on the website. A mug is on its way to you as soon as we can get a hold of you and find out how to send it there. And Eric Lippert was, uh, that was show 649. He was talking about Project Rosalind. He's the guy with the, uh, the cross section of his brain as his bio photo. Well, he offered both photos and I just thought the inside of his head photo was more interesting than the outside of the head photo. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> Well, uh, Richard, this is a, a very exciting show because Luca Passani is with us. Mm -hmm. Luca is an Italian software engineer with many years' experience in web and mobile internet development. Prior to creating his own company, Warful-Pro, and we'll get to that in a minute, Luca has spent seven years with OpenWave System and taken part in projects for telecoms in the U.S. and Europe. Luca has consulted for different companies in the mobile ecosystem, among them AdMob and Telcom Italia. Luca is known to the community of developers for creating popular software tools such as Warful and Wall. In addition to that, Luca has authored articles and co-authored books on mobile web development, an area in which Luca is a recognized expert. In 2007, Luca published the so-called GAP Guidelines, GAP, Global Authoring Practices for the Mobile Web which helps developers create mobile sites with minimal effort. Welcome, Luca. Hi, guys. We uh, got an email from your friend Dino Esposito, also from Rome, who uh, said, you guys got to have Luca on. He's done something amazing for mobile devices. Tell well, us. Well, yeah, Dino is always, uh, is always very kind, but uh, in fact, he's right this time because uh, yeah. uh, this open source project that I created 10 years ago uh, has taken a life of its own, and uh, also large companies have adopted it. Uh, Google, uh, Facebook, uh, AdMob, of course. So we're, we're talking about uh, Warful here, not Wall, right? Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Warful, about... not Wall. Yeah, so Wall, uh, you know, I have, I would have. How, how much time do I have? I would need to do a little bit of history here. Well, tell to, us about to... tell us about Warful first, because that's really the exciting news. Yes, so uh, Wordful uh, is exciting news for people who are approaching mobile now and they are discovering that uh, it's not like the web because every every device is different and uh, uh, needs to be handled uh, sometimes singularly. Mm -hmm. uh, but people who have been doing mobile for some time uh, have heard Wordful or even used Wordful because it's been around for... Uh, uh, over ten, almost ten years now. Now, what does WURFL stand for? Warful. So that's uh, that's uh, stand for Wireless Universal Resource File. Now, uh, about ten years ago, the term wireless 
was used uh, for what you would call mobile today. So if Warfall was created today, it would probably be called Moorfall. Moorfall. Yes, which <laughs> arguably is even worse than Warfall. But anyway, oh, man. Uh, I digress. <laughs> so <laughs> it's... Uh, uh, Warfall, uh, you know, the, if you you guys are from Windows, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you're Windows guys, so you probably rec- remember those .ini files, the resource oh, files. I'm trying and to forget. The, you remember them? I'm trying to forget. Yes, right. Anyway, the the point here was uh, that uh, uh, Warfall uh, would be some kind of uh, uh, resource file on steroids where uh, programmers could uh, put information about the different devices. This way, uh, updating mobile applications uh, to uh, accept and uh, perform optimally with new devices Mm -hmm. would just be a matter of configuration, not recompiling or rebuilding your application to hardwire uh, uh, device information. And uh, that that was the basic point, to uh, externalize uh, inf- the device information. Yeah. So, Warfall is a repository of uh, device information. Uh, the two main functions that the Warfall API performs is uh, looking at uh, uh, the HTTP headers uh, of requests from a mobile device and uh, most notably the user agent string mm-hmm. and map that uh, to a Warfall ID, which is uh, a string, uh, a unique ID of, uh, of an XML profile which contains uh, information uh, uh, about a device. So uh, the first function will map uh, a user agent uh, to the workflow ID, and the second main function will map uh, this uh, uh, workflow ID and uh, a capability name. Capability means uh, property in a workflow speech. Yeah. And uh, so uh, given an HTTP request, uh, a developer can programmatically figure out how large the screen is, uh, how many colors uh, you have, and uh, whether your device uh, is uh, Windows 7 or not, or if it's Android or if it's an iPhone. So, and um, also more detailed functions like, uh, uh, can I use the data URI of a scheme to nest uh, uh, a picture inside, uh, inside the page? Uh, are you familiar with data URI? Yes. Uh, basically, what I hear you saying is that this is this does what ASP.NET was supposed to do for us, but you know, for all of these devices, it's a huge repository of capabilities information for every mobile device out there known to man. Right. In fact, uh, there have been quite a few .NET programmers uh, hanging out on the Warfall mailing list, and they never could figure out why Microsoft uh, uh, didn't come up with uh, something uh, uh, along the lines of uh, Warfall. Well, actually, they did. They did. Uh, I remember there was something called mobile controls, but the device uh, information was so poor or, uh, uh, or at least so simple that uh, uh, People prefer to look elsewhere, and Warfall was, of course, there. I know of some big companies that uh, use Warfall uh, in a .NET environment. Yeah. So this sounds like the browser caps file for regular desktop browsers from years ago. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the uh, probably there is uh, there is a similarity in the concept there, mm-hmm. but Warfall, of course, uh, took it a lot farther because uh, on a day by day basis, it was collective requirements from the community of developers using Warfall. Do you get all the way down to like, does the particular device have GPS or you know things like that? 
Uh, yes, well, actually, uh, we don't track GPS per se, but one of the uh, capabilities in the JavaScript group uh, is about uh, which uh, API can be used uh, for location, whether it's Google Gear or uh, the W3C one or uh, whatever. And, and is this a static repository, like a file that you have to constantly update, or is it a service? So it's uh, it's the first one you said basically. Now uh, there is actually there is more uh, uh, more coming up. Uh, okay. I will tell you uh, later if you ask the right questions. But, okay, uh, yes, sure. But, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. At, uh, at, uh, essentially, uh, this is about uh, uh, a, sta- a static repository uh, which uh, any developer can download from the Wordful website. And off they go. They are totally independent. They don't need to rely on a third-party service to be available somewhere on the Internet. Once they download the repository, off they go. And you let us know when there are new versions of the repository so we can keep that updated? Yes. So uh, if you are uh, on the Wordful mailing list or just uh, check uh, the website regularly, about once per month uh, we release uh, the so-called Wordful snapshot. Okay. So uh, originally the Wordful uh, repository was a big XML file, which we used to to edit manually. But once it got uh, uh, over a few megs, uh, it was not very nice to to edit uh, such an humongous uh, file. So uh, we we created what we call the Wordful DB, which is a relational database uh, where uh, myself and contributors from the community can log in and add device information. Now, once per month, uh, we generate uh, uh, the the Wordful.xml, which is the serialization in XML of, of the content of the database, and that's uh, syntactically identical to the old uh, manually edited Wordful.xml. So, for people, nothing has changed for uh, for Wordful users. But now there is a public uh, UI uh, which uh, contributors use uh, to uh, update device information. Okay. That was the only thing that, I mean, I love the idea, but, um, you know, the automatic updating of that kind of thing would be a very, very nice feature, so I don't have to constantly update it. Yeah, so uh, this is coming, and uh, uh, you will need to hold your breath for just a few weeks. Okay. Well, that's good that you're thinking about it. Uh, yeah, it's good that. I, yeah, well, it's been a long time. Uh, so, to actually, let, let me let me uh, let me do a little bit of history here. Uh, okay. When I created Wordful uh, about ten years ago, uh, I was working for a company called OpenWave, and so doing Wordful was uh, uh, related to my job of working with developers and helping the ecosystem. Uh, uh, around the uh, development of mobile application and mobile websites. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2007, when uh, when uh, I joined AdMob, uh, then uh, uh, Wordful was uh, some kind of hobby uh, by the side of uh, of doing uh, of doing uh, work for AdMob, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was not dedicating 100% of my time to. Uh, to Wordful. Uh, still today, uh, I, I no longer work for Edmob, which has been acquired by Google in the meantime. Uh, I've been consulting for other projects, and uh, uh, 50 to 80 percent of my time was taken by the projects that paid the bill. So I was the guy that was doing Wordful, mm-hmm. but I was not dedicating 100 percent of my time to Wordful, yeah. which, uh, in hindsight, uh, it's uh, Hindsight, which in hindsight uh, you get to, to pick the right pronunciation, okay. uh, uh, is uh, is a stupid thing to do. I mean, uh, I created Wordful. The whole world is using it. Mm. Uh, people constantly come to me. Oh, Luca, how, how can you fix this? Uh, can you support that? And uh, 
And so, uh, what's going what's going to happen in the next few weeks? Uh, uh, I'm starting a new company around Warfall, and I will only be doing Warfall. And uh, as part of uh, uh, this project, uh, we are building uh, a, a portfolio of new tools, and among them also the one uh, about uh, uh, remotely updating Warfall with yeah. uh, some kind of web service approach to the problem. So oh, that's awesome. uh, to 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 summarize, uh, uh, small shops that uh, are totally okay with uh, the free and open source approach, they will still have uh, access to Warfall. Companies who like uh, the idea of an open project but uh, are okay with uh, throwing some money at the problem of getting uh, commercial professional support uh, for the tool, they're gonna get it too. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik, who want me to tell you about JustMock, Telerik's mocking tool. And unlike most mocking tools, JustMock can work with non-virtual methods, sealed classes, and static methods and classes, giving you complete control over your code. And of course, you get that great Telerik quality and support. You can read more and download the tool at Telerik.com slash JustMock. And hey, don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash Telerik. How many devices are currently in your repository? Oh, that's a very good question. So uh, if we talk about devices like uh, Make a Model, uh, I would say uh, in the order of 7,000. Wow. I didn't even know there were that many devices on the market. Well, you know, to be fair, uh, this project has been going on for uh, like 10 years. Oh, yeah. So, so if I a crack lot of up... the devices there, uh, you will only find uh, if you go to Washington, D.C. and the <laughs> Smithsonian Museum of... Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, you were talking about like back in the Nokia 6000 class yeah. WAP phones? The very first device was uh, the Nokia 7110. Uh, which was really what we called the banana phone here in Europe. That's right. What if I was, uh, about my uh, iPack? Are the iPacks in there? Those portable? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That was, uh, the iPack. The first one must have been like, uh, 99, 2000, right? Oh my God. You could write a book on the history of mobile devices with that kind of stuff. Well, that's Gee, back in the I, WAP era. Back in my, in my inbox. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, That's crazy. Anyway, you know, it's, uh, l- let me finish this about uh, the point. So it's a 7,000 if you talk about make a model, but something that you should know is that uh, certain devices uh, are available on the market with a lot of different firmware variations. Mm-hmm. So you may find that the same device uh, is available uh, with uh, 20 firmware variations. Plus, some, some devices will also add the localization in the user agent string. Plus, uh, uh, some operators will modify the user agent to add gateway information. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, if you're talking about uh, the number of different user agent strings recognized, we're in the order of uh, half a million, 700,000 different oh. user agents recognized by Warfall. Oh, my God. Because, yeah, because, you know, it could be that you, you take any Android phone, uh, because of the fact that the localization substring, you know, NUS, uh, NGB, IT-IT to say Italian, you know, those uh, are all minor modifications in the user agent. Now, uh, we it's not like Warfall lists all of those variations, but the Warfall API has the logic uh, to still match the device regardless of what the locale is. 
So I'd imagine, you know, a simple RSS feed might be a good way to do an automatic update or, or a Windows service or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just so thinking. It's, uh, I'm thinking I well, don't want to babysit this every point month. Because it's the kind of uh, reaction that uh, I get uh, from uh, developers who approach the program for the first time. Yeah. Uh, you'd be surprised of how manual uh, uh, the, the work of updating devices needs to be because uh, a lot of times you really need to do some research for each device and figure out uh, and figure out the information about the devices specifically. What does the code look like when you're querying this database? I mean, is it just is it just a series of switches where you're checking for particular capabilities, and then, I mean, what does a developer do with all that information? Okay, so for the developer, the API is very simple. Uh, it's basically, I mean, apart from uh, uh, setting up the objects, uh, which in Java. Uh, and uh, in uh, PHP and in .NET happens in different ways. Uh, the basic API is just uh, a handful of methods. So basically you say, get, get me uh, a device object which represents, uh, uh, the, which models uh, this device which is uh, requesting the page, and then you can request the value of, uh, of a property, like uh, a device dot get capability resolution width. Yeah. And this will give you the, the width of the, of the device screen. And uh, I, I guess the another question is, you know, one of the thing that uh, one of the things that ASP.NET Web Forms programmers have been spoiled by is the controls just sort of automatically know what to do with that information, you know. But you're really um, talking about a situation in which a developer has to look at those capabilities and then do, and then craft a custom UI depending yeah, so on those capabilities. Yeah, so uh, I remember looking uh, at the web forms by Microsoft uh, a few years back, and uh, I recognized a certain uh, a certain pattern uh, by Microsoft of making things as simple as possible for uh, for developers. Yeah. Now uh, Albert Einstein used to say, "Make things simple, as simple as possible, but not simpler." Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually a quote from my friend uh, Dino, but it comes from Einstein. Um, and I think this totally applies to the way Microsoft was approaching the problem. Because, uh, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you want uh, the developer uh, to, to do a little bit more effort, but then uh, to learn in the process and to have control uh, to fix uh, the particular problems that uh, will come uh, right. along the way. Right. Rather than uh, prepackaging uh, and uh, try to fix uh, all the worst problems up front, but then uh, you want to have a framework that's powerful enough to 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 really uh, go deep to the n- right level of detail in fixing your problem. Y- you see what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So it's uh, the the way the way web forms uh, was uh, was done. Uh, I think it was uh, it was too ambitious. So. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't do uh, web forms, but they should also have uh, a different way where uh, the developer still is left in charge of uh, um, of uh, deciding uh, uh, what the, the web form should look like and possibly decide uh, uh, its own uh, segmentation. Now, by segmentation, we mean uh, uh, how you segment the market of mobile devices to provide the different user experiences for uh, each segment. So just to give you an example, a segment a segmentation could be the iPhone by itself, then Windows Phone 7 devices uh, in a class by itself, uh, Android devices in a class by itself, and then 
uh, everything else uh, get uh, a simple XHTML, right? That would be a segmentation. But of course, uh, uh, how to do the segmentation uh, comes with experience and uh, with the requirements uh, uh, in each market and uh, uh, at every particular time. So the segmentation may change uh, along the way. Yeah, I, I was just thinking in Android now, you've got Android tablets, just like you've got uh, Apple tablets, you need to be able to sort of account for the differences there. Uh, so, uh, actually, I was only referring to mobile, but you bring up a good point mm -hmm. um, about uh, the fact that uh, uh, when the first mobile devices came along, someone said, oh, you know, this is really messy, but uh, it will get unified uh, like uh, like the web. I mean, today, when it comes to websites, there are still lots of differences between Firefox, Internet Explorer, and Chrome, uh, but uh, uh, programmers have learned how to uh, figure out uh, uh, a a common subset of uh, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, which right. will will work across all the browsers, possibly with uh, some if then else's here and there. Now, uh, with mobile, this was not was obviously not happening. Uh, not only things did not get better, but I think that what we're observing today is that uh, with tablets, the web is getting fragmented. Because yes. uh, I actually asked these questions to people in Google, Yahoo, and Facebook, uh, and uh, the question was, so uh, what do you do of tablets? Are they mobile devices or are they full web browsers? And their answer was, good question. So they're still <laughs> uh, trying to figure well, out. Really... And, uh, you know, and sometimes uh, they will uh, just, let, uh, the, the, just let the user decide. You know, sometimes they will take the decision because Flash is not there. You know, there are lots of different scenarios, but the reality is that uh, uh, that uh, also also the the big web as we know it is getting fragmented, and I suspect that things will get even worse with uh, uh, the arrival uh, of the smart TVs. I see that there is a little bit of buzz around, and uh, yeah, absolutely, and and I think. We also have enough horsepower now in our mobile devices that they're running full-bore browsers, too. It's just a small form factor. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's true. But, you know, if, um, e e even uh, I have, uh, I, of course, uh, I mean, I, I use many telephones. Uh, and uh, sometimes I like to keep uh, a telephone for one month or two so I can also get the uh, end-user experience. And... Uh, and uh, I have used an iPhone. I used uh, the Nokia N8, uh, which is uh, uh, which is a good phone, great hardware. Uh, and uh, I have used uh, now I have a Galaxy S uh, here with me. And uh, uh, what I'm seeing is that uh, yes, in theory, those devices can access full sites. In fact, uh, the Galaxy is a Froyo 2, so it also runs Flash. But the reality is that uh, you don't want to serve uh, a fully fledged website to a mobile device. Still, you don't want to do that. And uh, I think these were, these are, uh, so, uh, I still haven't had the time to play around with Windows 7 as I, as I would like to. Uh, but my impression is that, uh, uh you don't want to give a fully fledged uh, website uh, to Windows Phone 7 either. Now, I'm not going to disagree with you there, Luca, but why? So, you know, it's, uh, here is why the discussion is complicated and, uh, it's really hard to come down with any uh, clear truth of what the, the the choice should be. You know, if you if we think, uh, let's let let let's think of ourselves. Let's think of uh, the the websites that we access every day. 
uh, we will see that uh, the different websites have different value for us. There are websites that are really important, websites that are nice to visit now and again. There are websites where we know that the mobile version lacks some features that we care about. There are websites where we want the main feature, and in fact, we could use uh, a carefully built uh, uh, mobile experience. So how can you or how can anyone say, oh, uh, fully fledged website uh, uh, can be accessed on mobile or fully fledged website should not be accessed on mobile? I mean, whatever uh, vision, you, whatever, whatever view you come up with, uh, you're going to be buried uh, under a mountain of counterexamples. Yeah, I think it can go both ways. I'm just always worried when we put mobile in a can because so much of web browsing now is happening on mobile. Yes. So, uh, to be totally honest, I think that this problem uh, has been uh, uh, faced uh, and solved by professionals out there. And um, uh, the way to solve the problem is... Uh, to have a mix of automatic redirection and user control, right. which uh, will uh, let knowledgeable users uh, get uh, to the user experience they want, while uh, less knowledgeable users, they will get uh, something very usable uh, uh, as a default. It's, it's just that the resolution of the phones is getting so close to the resolution of a basic web desktop web browser. You know, we're yeah, not that but, far from 1024 I mean, by 768. But even if you get uh, a device that is 800 pixel, uh, which has an 800 pixel wide screen, uh, the device is still small enough that it fits in your pocket. And then uh, you need to zoom and pinch uh, and uh, pen and uh, and do all kinds of crazy things uh, to, to, to get to access the content. Yeah, I think that there lies the challenge is can you build a UI that tolerates that smaller form factor just as well? I mean, you can. It's just that you're, you're not going to like it uh, after two weeks. <laughs> Good answer. So, you know, people have done this, uh, uh, you know, the, the especially people who are very uh, in love with W3C. I know it sounds crazy, but those people exist. They will go out of their way to use media queries and, uh, you know, CSS uh, tricks uh, so that uh, a CSS change uh, will, uh, will switch from one experience to the other. But the results are uh, a proof of concept. Uh, in reality, they don't really work. At Franklin's Net right now, you can get a DVD with over 11 hours of Billy Hollis on Silverlight 4 or 14 hours of Sahil Malik on SharePoint 2010, each for only six ninety-five. Order online at www.franklins.net. Are you looking to change jobs? Infusion Development has offices in New York City, Toronto, London, Dubai, and Poland. Infusion has hired a whole handful of happy .NET Rocks listeners. Contact me for an introduction at carl at franklins.net. I've seen some interesting examples that sort of point the way forward to a more unified web in that respect. I think fragmentation is a big deal. And the bigger issue for me is as long as we're putting mobile on its own web page, its sort of own inferior web page, the app story is always going to win. Oh, I don't know. I think I think when you're mobile... I think when you're mobile, you just want to get to what you want. You don't want the experience. You just want data or access. Right. So, I mean, you said, you know, you said two or three things I disagree with. So I need very quickly to think of how to shoot all of the, all three with the minimal effort. So one, <laughs> let me start with applications here. <laughs> don't just refute them. Make it easy. Okay, so applications. I think that applications are totally 
compl- uh, complementary to uh, mobile websites. Because really? uh, if you have installed an application, it means that uh, that service has such a high value for you that uh, you are willing to allocate uh, uh, a, a chunk of your mobile desktop so that you can quickly get to it. Now, uh, you can't fit uh, uh, hundreds or even tens of websites uh, uh, on uh, on a mobile phone because uh, it would not be. Uh, I mean, it w- they would not be. Uh, it, they just don't fit over over one uh, over over one telephone. You know, there, is, right. there are only so many applications you can uh, you you can uh, you can uh, easily reach uh, with uh, with uh, with uh, when you install them on the phone. And then uh, it will be too much scrolling, and that's when you want to have a URL. Plus, uh, there are companies that uh, uh, will want uh, a presence, uh, a mobile presence, without uh, also for people that are not willing to download the application. So yes. the mobile web alternative is going to be there no matter what. Well, and it's still, exactly. you know, phones that can't, you don't have an app for, so you always need that default. Yeah, of course, you also have that. So yeah, uh, you know, the, the, this, this is a good point. Uh, uh, one of the problem I have when I speak to Americans is that a lot of the times uh, they just consider the iPhone, uh, uh, Android, and possibly Windows 7 as uh, everything that one needs to care when it comes to mobile. Uh, in Europe, we tend to have a very different view. But okay, I, I, I digress here. Yes. So there is something uh, else would... besides those three. <laughs> Well, Nokia is still pretty big over here. <laughs> yeah. uh, BlackBerry is uh, still doing okay. So, uh, and and, uh, and uh, if you walk uh, in the street, you will see Sony Ericsson, LG, Samsung. Okay, Samsung does a lot of Android too, but you know yeah. there, there's a lot of Samsung that is not Android. You brought up an interesting point that Nokia just does, seems to have disappeared from the U.S. and, and Canadian market. It's just not here very much. I'm wondering if the WinPhone Seven deal is going to change that. You know, I I I've been I'm in contact with a lot of people who are developers for Nokia, and they were a little bit uh, taken by surprise by by this deal. But personally, I think uh, it, ma- it it makes a lot of sense. Uh, computer, um, you know, uh, company culture wise uh, is going to be. Uh, really tough because uh, these companies were not made uh, to to play together. But uh, uh, from um, from uh, a customer perspective, uh, what I see is that uh, the iPhone uh, was able to leverage iTunes uh, to to give a big incentive to users uh, uh, who want who who wondered if they should move to the iPhone. You know, they could right. get an integrated environment. Uh, with their PC where they could download music and all of that stuff. Um, Android did a little bit of the same because of Google, uh, Gmail, Calendar, Maps, uh, you know, and uh, so they also had this big incentive for people who wondered uh, on whether they should uh, move to, to, to Android or not. When it comes to Nokia, Nokia is known for making great phones for making phone calls. Right, but uh, what's the point with installing the OV, OVI client? Uh, you know, there was not really a compelling reason. So, uh, together with Microsoft, uh, you can get uh, the best of both worlds. So, you get uh, a great phone for making phone calls, a great hardware, great camera, great battery life, and uh, a company who understands uh, developers who understands uh, how to set up a developer ecosystem, who has Windows uh, so that you buy an Nokia phone and uh, it will automatically synchronize with Outlook uh, and 
uh, and everything on Windows. So I think that the potential is there. There are challenges, but the potential is definitely there. Yeah, and they're either going to kill themselves trying to make this work or they're going to make something really extraordinary. Hey, before we keep going on this tangent, which we could do for hours, let's talk about Wall a little bit, your other product. Yes, so uh, Wall uh, is uh, a, a tag library which I created in 2003 when uh, the point was to help developer move from the archaic uh, WML to XHTML uh, mobile profile 1.1. And uh, uh, there were still so many WML uh, devices around that, uh, uh, and XHTML devices uh, were backwards compatible with WML. That it was not hard, it was not easy to give developers an incentive to move to XHTML. So Wall uh, allowed the developers to create one single application, uh, which would automatically recognize the device and multi-serve WML, uh, uh, XHTML or even compact HTML to Japanese devices at the time. Now, uh, that was really a popular tool. Uh, today, uh, you have the problem that uh, mobile sites created with Wall tend to look uh, 2003, and which is not uh, very appealing anymore. Now, this problem was recognized already in 2007 uh, when we created a, a tool called WNG, which is Wall New Generation, uh, which allowed uh, people to take uh, more advantage of... Uh, uh, CSS and uh, devices with larger screens. So WNG is uh, uh, is, the, is is the evolution of Wall, not technologically because it's a complete rewrite, but conceptually. Now in 2011, also WNG is a bit old, so we are uh, coming up with something new that uh, uh, will take uh, advantage of JavaScript DOM manipulation, possibly HTML5, uh, but I cannot disclose anything uh, just yet. Uh, the only thing I can say is that this is part of uh, uh, the, the, the bigger project of creating uh, a 100% worthful company uh, in the United States. Cool. But, and I see the wall next generation site is out there, so there's uh, definitely things to look at, right? Yes, but, you know, the wall new generation uh, is not really taking advantage of... Uh, uh, of uh, things you can do with JavaScript and, uh, you know, animations and uh, uh, carousels, you know. There are a lot of widgets uh, that can be made work uh, cross-browser uh, by leveraging Workful uh, to achieve uh, uh, what we could call uh, um, uh, graceful degradation. Right. And uh, we're not doing that, but we plan to do it in future versions. And I also found your your Wurfel test suite, which I'm now grabbing every phone I can find and trying it on, uh, t.wurfel.com. So, well, t.wurfel.com is uh, a test suite where we can do some tests, but there is, uh, you know, uh, th that's also, uh, I mean, th th that's also something which we're going to improve a lot on because uh, we want uh, a test suite which... Uh, uh, which allows us to go back and uh, really do a lot of intelligence on the data we have collected. Well, it's just nice to see the capabilities that are in some of these phones. It, it sort of breaks out all the information of what's in the headers, what formats it can tolerate, and so forth. It's it's really cool. I've never seen yeah. anything like it, actually. So the the site to to look up device information is uh, db.wordfulpro. W-R-F-L-P-R-O dot com. 
uh, that's uh, the 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 public interface uh, that uh, um, that contributors are using to add device information. Uh, but even without logging in, you can still look up uh, uh, which devices are there and uh, um, and uh, look up the capabilities. Awesome. Cool. That looks great. Um, what about a web service? So the web service, I cannot tell much yet because uh, uh, we're still working on it. But it will be uh, paying customers will be able to uh, have uh, a dedicated service uh, to uh, get uh, device updates uh, push at them automatically. So they won't. They will not need to be bothered uh, with uh, updating their workflow once per month. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So you you got me right in the middle of the transition. Um, the last year has been uh, a little bit of uh, an existential. Uh, I've been in a little bit of an existential mood, like. Uh, What's my what's the meaning of life? Uh, what do I want to do in the future? You know, really big questions like that. And when are you when are you going to grow up and get a real job? Yeah, that's right. When are you going to be yeah. a lawyer like your mother said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when am I going to ma- get married? That's yeah. the question. <laughs> when are you going to stop fooling around with your computer and do something real here? No, well, I got two kids, so. <laughs> ah, I see. Well, it's not your computer you've been fooling around with. I I may be a nerd, but uh, not of the worst kind, probably. (laughs) Okay, so uh, (laughs) it's, uh, you know, when uh, when, um, you you, you consult, uh, it's sort of cool because uh, you always get to know, you get to know new people, you get to travel a little bit. uh, uh, It's like like, uh, having several jobs. And it's cool when you work into Telecom Italia or the Big Bang or uh, you go to AdMob or you I did a project for the U.S. government. And you walk in and, you you know, for uh, uh, one month uh, you are one of them and uh, you share the office, uh, you eat lunch, you learn new stuff. So it's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm, what I'm realizing is that uh, I'm not dedicating enough time to Wordfall. So everybody's yeah. using Wordfall. And, uh, and, uh, people come back to me and say, so, how can I get support? How can I, uh, get, uh, the, the API with a different license? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, I'm not organized for that. So this is what is going to change, uh, really. I'm bringing Workflow to the next level by dedicating uh, all of my life to it. Oh, that's great. So let me tell you a little bit about, uh, uh, my friend Steve Cameron. Okay. Uh, he is, uh, Already a few years ago, Steve created uh, uh, a project uh, uh, with Warfall called the Terra Warfall. What Basically, what he did was put in the Warfall repository in a relational database and uh, creating a, a part of the API which would go against the database and not against the XML file. Right. Now, that's been a, a really popular tool. And uh, uh, he's also uh, we're also joining forces for the new company. So we are creating this company together. And uh, he is the one uh, uh, with whom uh, we will be uh, bringing the value to to the people. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Um, so, where the website is warfulpro.com? W U R F L. It is actually not. Uh, people should uh, 
for the time being, uh, refer to warful.sourceforge.net. Okay. Uh, Warful Pro is the name of my old company, the, my old Italian company, but uh, that's going to, to go, and uh, I will be creating a brand new company uh, in the United States together with Steve and uh, uh, with Krish, which is uh, uh, a, a, the business-oriented guy, the okay. one who really knows how to set up uh, a company. I mean, we're nerds, we don't. Well, Luca, I have one more very important question before we sign off. Here. Go ahead. Do you like barbecue? I love it. Yes! <laughs> yes! In your face, Dino! <laughs> you know, oh, I think man. that Dino oh, got shocked funny. by the barbecue sauce, uh, which yeah. I understand to some extent. But, you know, if you, if you look away from the barbecue sauce, it's uh, yeah. great. Barbecue is a method of slow cooking. It's not the sauce. It's what the yes. sauce goes on. So, yes. So it's, there you uh, go. Very good. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Luca. It's been been great, and I'm sure that you've just saved countless hours uh, for our listening public with this uh, great tool. Well, thank you for uh, offering me a chance to uh, tell the world about the, the .NET world about Warful. All right, Viva Warful. Viva Warful and uh, Viva .NET Rock. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Have a much. good day. You too. And we'll see you next time. .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band by the FCC.